Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, whatever time zone you're listening to, whatever, whatever part of the world and whatever state you're listening to. I'm really so glad you joined us tonight. I'm all, I'm, um, to be a part of this Bible study of Dr. Frank Summerall's Bible study, the Kingdom Gathering Bible Study, and it's led by Dr. Frank Summerall. We're hosting it for him. And um, this is going to be every Tuesday. It's an ongoing event every Tuesday at 6 p.m. And just to let you know, at some point, there will Brother Frank will be leading us in communion, so please prepare accordingly. And um, with no further ado, Dr. Frank uh, Summerall, uh, take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. This is a great time, a great time of study, and a great time to know the Word of God. There's no place in the Word of God where it tells us just to read the Word. It says study the Word. That means you take notes. You spend a lot of time. You try to find out every information about that. And when you do, you have an understanding of what's going on. To my friends listening in the Philippines, I say, Mabuhai. That's Tagalog for hello. And to the nations around the world, if it's morning in Hong Kong, it'd be Chosan. And the other languages around that we have been with and associated ourselves with for a long time. And uh, in Spanish, it's one of these. Hey, hallelujah. In all the languages of the world, we have the Word of God in front of us. What I want to do, I want to pray first. Then we're going to direct our attention to Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. We're working through the book of Daniel. The 12 chapters of the book, there's 327 verses in that book. And it's one of the only books in the Bible that deals from 616 B.C., to all the way to the second coming, when Christ comes back with his saints. Think of the span of time involved in that, all the way from 616 B.C. to that time period. That is an amazing word. So Daniel was very prophetic. So what we're going to deal with tonight, we're dealing with God writes an epitaph. Epitaph has to do with a little gravestone. This is what happened in this particular chapter. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the night. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for joy. Thank you for righteousness. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that you send down, you cascade down from the heavens to be with us. Thank you for your power, your love, everything that you send our direction we receive in the name of Jesus. The name that heaven never fails to honor, the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. We're dealing with this book of Daniel. We're in chapter 5. But previous to that, looking at it, in every chapter it has a special message. And what we were talking about even last week was talking about Nebuchadnezzar, how he was humbled, and how that he had to come to a place in time and he crossed the line. He began to give himself glory and honor, began to exalt himself even above God. And at that point in time, 
God allowed him to have mental disability and not to be able to function as a man for over seven years. That shows us one thing, that God can take anybody and change them by his power and by his spirit. And at the end of seven years, Nebuchadnezzar was changed. So we come to his grandson. His grandson is in chapter 5. Because what you see, as it was written, talking about supposedly his son, but in the Chaldean language, they did not have a term for grandson. But according to history, it tells us that this is Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. And so what I want to deal with specifically is this, that the way that God spoke in the Old Testament, we'll write some of these down, how the information that he brought to mankind was in several ways by dreams, by visions, by the prophets, and by the hearing of the thumbing. That means that on the breastplate of the high priest, there were two stones. They could ask questions, and these stones would supernaturally light up. That was called the urine and the thumbing. We could go into detail, but we won't on that particular thing. The first thing we find that dreams and dreams especially are mentioned 85 times, just in the Old Testament, 85 times. So God does speak through dreams. And one of the amazing things, turn to the Genesis chapter 20, what I want to show you is that God spoke to an evil king there in Asia, and it had to do with Abraham and his wife. We'll look at that just for a moment here. This is in Genesis chapter 20, getting to read in verse 3. Genesis 20, beginning toward verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art a dead man, for the woman which you've taken, for she is a man's wife. That's an amazing thing right there. But Abimelech had not come near her, so he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also the righteous nation? He said that unto me, she's my sister. Now Abraham lied. He called his wife his sister. That's why the king felt that he had opportunity to go and take this sister, supposed sister, of Abraham. That's what happened. And God had to give a dream in order not to get the seed. This is so important. Not to get the seed corrupted. That's the reason. So anytime the devil tries to come into your life and tries to hurt you in any manner, I'm telling you what, either by a dream or a vision, if it's of God, it's okay. But if it's not of God, throw it away. Throw away that stuff. But anyway, so that dream came to the king who didn't know God. His name was Abimelech. Now watch what happens here. As he goes on to talk about that, he said to me, since he's my sister, even she herself said he's my brother. In the integrity of my heart, in the innocency of my hand, have I done this? God said unto him in a dream, Yeah, I know that you did this integrity of your heart and you have withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore, I permitted you not to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man and his wife. He's a prophet, and he shall pray for you, and you shall live. If you restore her not, you know that thou wilt die, and all that are thine. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called his servants, and told all these things in their ears. And the men were sore afraid. Ah, what an amazing word. What an amazing word 
that God would speak to a Gentile king to get him turned around to truth. So God chooses dreams in order to wake us up, to wake us up. Now, that's about Abraham. Watch this a little bit. In Genesis chapter 31, we hear of an evil person, and God yet speaks to him. And he is talking about a situation in regard to is speaking to Laban, the Syrian. So in the 31st chapter of the book of Genesis, we find this information beginning in verse 11. What we find here is not something that is like that. The angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, he said, I'm here. He said, lift up your eyes and see the rams and leap upon the cattle that are, that are ring straight, speckled, gristled, but I've seen all that Laban doeth to you. He saw this in a dream. I am the God of Bethel, you that anointed the pillar, which you vowed and vowed to me. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your kindred. Now that dream was in specifics having to do with direction. So God will give direction to people, even through dreams and through visions. We don't necessarily today use the hearing and the thumbing. We hear from God in the area of dreams, in the area of visions, but I'm not talking about a pizza dream. But a pizza dream is you eat too much and you have a bad dream. Now, that's not from God. That's, you did it to yourself. You did it to your own stomach. You did it to your own head. Don't be that way. But when God gives you a dream, it's going to stay with you. I've had many dreams in my life. Usually, whenever I hold a crusade or when I preach overseas or anywhere else, that before the service, if I'm there for maybe three days or sometimes even a week more, I see what's going to happen before I get there. So God gives me a dream of what's going to take place, <laughs> how people are going to be healed, how they're going to be set free, what, what I'm going to say, all that. God reveals that as soon as, you know, I have made that commitment. That's just one of the ways the Lord works in, in, in this direction. But thank God for it. God will talk to us and speak to us in such a wonderful direction. Of course, we have all of the stories in regard to Joseph, and they even called Joseph the dreamer. Now, I want to stop here just for a moment and tell you some interesting things about Joseph. He was a dreamer, yes, and God does put dreams in our hearts. He does put a dream in your life. He does put a dream in your spirit. But you cannot tell a dream to somebody that does not accept your dream. If you know it's from God, you can share it with somebody. If you know it's not from God, you better keep your mouth shut. That's the best way. But Joseph, he gave the information to his brothers, which didn't care for him that much to begin with. And especially when he had that colored coat put on him, the coat of many colors was put on him. That coat should never have been given to a boy. I mean, men like green, and they like brown, and they like blue. Don't give me a colored coat. It ain't going to go like that. And so they despised him in their hearts. But watch this. Not only did the brothers get upset, but the parents got upset because Joseph had this dream, and they were bowing before him. All right. Verse 3 of chapter 37. Israel. Now loved Joseph more than all the children, because he was the last one. 
just down there close to the, the the baby was Benjamin. And Joseph and because he was a son of his old age, he made him a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw it, that the father loved him more than all the brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Verse five. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Well, that, that could have told you right there. He said, wait a minute, Joseph, you've got to just hold that dream in your heart. Remember what it says about the mother of Jesus, Mary. The Bible says Mary kept the dreams and the visions in her heart. She did not share them with anyone. She didn't share it with Elizabeth. She didn't share it with anybody around her. She didn't talk to all the people. She didn't say, she kept those things in her heart. So when God gives you a specific dream, you've got to hold it in your heart and let that dream incubate. That is the word right there. The dream needs to incubate and get to the point at the time where the dream will and shall be fulfilled. Oh, there's so many things that I want to say to you, but our time is limited. But I want to say these important things that will show you and teach you. And yes, we will get to Daniel chapter 5. But what I'm building a basis for is saying how God speaks to mankind and the reason God speaks to mankind through visions and dreams. In that 37th chapter, we find again that he again says this. And because of his dreams, they take Joseph and put him in a pit. That's a dry pit. They said, we can't kill him. Reuben said, we're not going to kill him. We're going to just put some blood on it. And we say, an animal took him and killed him. And so the father, all that time, was crying for his son Joseph. So that's where a dream can get you if you are the dreamer. But a destiny. Did you realize that from Genesis 20 all the way to Genesis 41 are mentioning of dreams, talking about dreams, talking about dreams, talking about dreams, talking about dreams, and all that. Amazing. Now, Pharaoh had a dream, and the interpretation. Now, this is an amazing thing, that the dream given to Pharaoh was a dream that Joseph interpreted, and it saved the land of Egypt. So he said, the dream you've had, Pharaoh, has to do with the fact that he said, fill silos. You need to take and fill and put grain there. He was telling him exactly what to do because he saw the lean cows and the fat cows. And he interpreted the dream exactly. And so Pharaoh said, because you know so much about it, I'm going to make you third in my kingdom. And that's where it was. He was the one directing and leading all of Egypt by God giving him that information. And I want to say something right now. It's about time for the Christians to rise up and be men and women of decision and to say what we believe, and God's going to give us favor, and we're going to do what God calls us to do. God will bless his people. Hallelujah. He will bless his people. Glory to his name. He's about ready to do that in a greater measure. Now, let's look at that in Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41, again, we look and read and understand that when Pharaoh had this dream, Joseph interpreted the dream and how they all came before him, and he got himself ready. 
Now, we can preach about the different coats that Joseph had. We're not going to talk about it this time. But having to do with the fact that there are different coats that he had. But what we will say, verse 25, Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dream that Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good kind of the cows are seven good years. The seven good years are seven years. The dream is one. And then he goes on to tell him all the things that are going to be. And then verse 29, Behold, there will come seven years of great plenty throughout the land of Egypt. Arise in that seven years of famine. And here's what you do. You take it and put them on a silo. You take it and put it all together. And then verse 20, uh, 34, Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint an officer over the land. Take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in seven plenteous years. And all put the corn together in exactly what it shall be, and keep food in the city, that the food shall be stored for the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, and the land of perish not through the famine. And so when Pharaoh heard the wisdom coming from Joseph, he finally says this, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is living? <laughs> I like that. He's <laughs> living inside of Joseph. And so Pharaoh took off his own ring in his hand, put it upon Joseph's hand, arrayed him in vesture, that's different beautiful things of wear, fine linen, put a gold chain about his neck, made him to ride in the second chariot. And they cried before him, bow the knee, made him ruler of all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without you shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all of the land of Egypt. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing. Again, a dream brought this to pass. Then, of course, you can look through there. You can look at Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. It was a great image. Study all that out. In Daniel chapter 4, the dream was about Nebuchadnezzar. It was about a tree, about ready to get cut down. And that's exactly what happened to him at that point in time. Then we have the whole story of that. But the history of man, I like this because God tells it all. He doesn't leave out part and parcel. He's not going to do that. He, he uh, has a way of dealing with mankind. Now, here's something really interesting that I want to bring to your attention. Then, in Job chapter 33, beginning to read, verse 14, Job 33, Job 33, so powerful and so wonderful and glorious that God does speak to us in dreams and in visions. And in these last days, they're going to be on the increase. Just keep your heart open, keep your mind open, keep your life open. Let yourself, release yourself to God, and he will do this. Look at verse 14. For God speaks once, yet twice, yet man perceives it not. That means that man does not understand what God is saying. But he brings it back to him again, verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, in the slumbering upon the bed. That's when he opens up the ears of men and seals their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose, and hide pride from man. What an amazing word. What an amazing word. My, 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 my. As we see these things, know these things, understand that. So, Belshazzar should have known more about Daniel. 
He did. He held him in the background. We find a little later that Belshazzar never had communication with Daniel until this incident took place. Because after Nebuchadnezzar had all these things happen, this grandson must have been close by all the time. He knew about it, but he decided not to know the man of God. He wanted to go his own way. He had his own thoughts, his own plans, his own wishes. And every time we have our own way, reminds me of a little story about the boy Johnny. Johnny went to church, and he kept on singing this song, I have mine own way, Lord, I have mine own way. And someone was listening to him and said, wait a son, it's not that. It's have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. And Johnny stomped his little foot, and he said, I like my version better. We have a lot of people saying the same thing. I like my version better. Well, let's don't do that. Let's do it God's way. God's way is always right. Every time when it, all these things happen, we find all these he should have known in Daniel chapter 3 about the fiery furnace, about the fourth man, and that fourth man was the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the living God that set these people free from fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. He should have known that. But, oh, he backed up on that all the way. But let's look at it here. In Daniel chapter 5, we have the story of Belshazzar. What I said before, and you'll understand and know about it, is in the Chaldean, they did not have a word for grandfather, therefore they called him a son. But in history, as you look at it, it was more than just a son, it was a grandson. That's where we're at. In Daniel, chapter 5, Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords, and drank wine before a thousand. And Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and the silver vessels which his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken out of the temple that was in Jerusalem. My, 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 my. So they did not respect God Almighty. They came down there and they pillaged and they ravaged the city of Jerusalem and took all the booty that they had in the city to strip the city of all that. But wait just a minute. How did they know where to go? Well, I'm glad you asked that, because here's some more information. This is so, so uh, you know, uh, back in Kings, look at Kings, Second Kings. And in chapter 20, tells you the story of Hezekiah. When Hezekiah was sick and about ready to die, Isaiah prophesied this to him. And so these people from Babylon knew about it, and what they did, they sent letters, and they even sent gifts to him. Now, these letters and gifts that were sent to him, the reason they were sending these gifts was to get his approval of them. And so uh, you find this in the 20th chapter of Second Kings. In those days, Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said, Set your house in order. You're going to die and not live. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Now I beseech you, Lord, remember how I have walked before you in truth with a perfect heart. And I have done which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept. And it came to pass when Isaiah was gone out into the middle of the court, the word of the Lord came back to him and said, Go tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, 
Thus saith the Lord God of David, thy father, I've seen and heard his prayer. I've seen your tears, and I will heal you on the third day to go to the house of the Lord. And I will add to your days 15 years. All right? Now, it's quite interesting if you saw all what's coming in like that. And so what's happening here? They send him all these things. Now, what happened? Well, they heard about it. They said, oh, poor Hezekiah. But really, it was something else what they were going to do. And they had this planned out. And so uh, notice what he said. This is in uh, verse uh, 13. And Hezekiah, he listened to them about how they, for the king of Babylon, he sent letters and presented to Hezekiah. He had heard that Hezekiah was sick. Hezekiah listened to them, and he showed them. Now notice what he did. Hezekiah did this. He showed them all his house, the precious things, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious ointment, and all the house with his armor and everything in the treasure. There was nothing in his house, nor in his dominion, that Hezekiah didn't show them. Boy, was that a mistake. What a mistake. He came to Isaiah, the prophet, and uh, the king Hezekiah, and said, uh, where did these men come from? And Hezekiah said, oh, they've come from a far country, even from Babylon. He said, what, have they seen your house? And Hezekiah said, all the things of mine house they have seen. And there's nothing among my treasures I haven't showed them. Whoa, whoa, imagine that. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Your days come that your house and your fathers who laid up store this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. Your son's sons. And all of these days going to take all your, your eunuchs and the place and the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, good is the word of the Lord. Thou hast spoken. It's good if peace and truth be in my days. So it talks about that. So Hezekiah opened the door. That's how they knew what to get. They exactly went for the best stuff. And when they did, it caused a great problem. All right. Now, let's look at Daniel chapter 5. In Daniel 5, beginning at verse 24, we see the story coming together. So after this, so I call it God writes an epitaph. You see, when people raise themselves up to be some special person, as this Belshazzar did, and as Nebuchadnezzar's grandfather did, and all the men today that rise up and call themselves great without giving God worship and praise and honor, that's when God will look at them and push them aside. Notice, God could allow the Babylonian Empire to be crushed without a warning, but he gave them a final message. He said the last thing to them, that message was written supernaturally on the plaster wall. And it confirmed that Babylon's destiny was determined by the disrespect and pushing themselves ahead of God, exalting themselves above God. Let's look at it here. Daniel chapter 5, verse 24. Then the fingers of the hand, the fingers of God, were sent from him, God, and the writing was written. And the inscription was written, it was this, meaning, meaning, tickle your farce. Meaning, meaning, equal, you farce This is the interpretation of each word, that God has numbered your kingdom and finished it, meaning, meaning. 
sickle, you have been waiting the balances and found one. That was it right at that point in time. You partially having to do with the fact that your kingdom has been divided and given to the means of the person. That night. When did it happen? That night. Let's read on. Talking about this thing that happens here, Belshazzar, he gave the command and they clothed Daniel with the purple, put a chain around his neck, made a proclamation that he should be the third ruler of the kingdom. But that very night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain. Oh, you ought to read the history of that. The history is most amazing. Because they thought the city of Babylon was impregnable. Nobody could destroy it. Nobody could take it down. But God gave them special favor and wisdom how they diverted the, the river, the Tigris River. They diverted the river before it was flowing through the city. And they diverted the river to move another direction, and they went under the wall. They went under the wall, and Darius took over at that time. So what happened? Here's what happened. Belshazzar, he made a feast for a thousand of the Lord, drank wine in the presence of thousands. He tasted the wine. Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and the silver vessels, holy, which is grandfather. Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple and been in Jerusalem that the king and the lord and the wine and the concubines drank from them. Then they brought the golden vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God. Imagine that. Now, he was in a drunken stupor, no doubt about that. But any time you cross the line, you cross the line. He crossed the line because of the fact that he took the holy things of God. Brother and sister, we need to be very careful in the days that we live right now. That when God calls holy, we better call it holy. Whatever he has deemed holy, amen, it's called holy. There's a lot of preachers out there that what they do is they come to the point in the time where they're merchandising the anointing. That's very dangerous. Very dangerous. We believe Satan himself did that and was ejected from the heavenly portals. Now watch this. So after this, they drank the wine and they praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. Wait a minute here. These can't talk back. How many times have we seen through the word of God that God is a jealous God? How many times have we seen that God wants men to love him and to serve him and to praise him, to honor him, to give him glory? And man says, I'll do it all myself. I'll do it by myself. I'll do exactly what I want to do. So, as Belshazzar was hosting this, it's happened here, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. So, that happened. Belshazzar drank his wine with a thousand lords, and the drunken stupor, he commanded the gold vessels and the silver vessels from the temple of Jerusalem be brought. And the princes and the concubines, they started drinking. But when that happened, there was a divine interruption. When you come against the plan of God, God will interrupt you and to change whatever's going to happen. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote on the lampstand of the plaster of the wall in the king's palace. And the king saw part of the hand that wrote. Now, that kind of gave you a little shaking time, wouldn't it? Then the king's countenance changed. That means he was all full of joy and everything else, and then it got changed because the very fact was that he was dealing with the supernatural. He saw a hand. He saw the handwriting. 
and his thoughts troubled him, and the joints of his hips were loosened, and his knees started making fellowship together, or they knocked together. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> the knees started banging together. And the king cried aloud. And it's, it's an amazing thing that first he called for the astrologers. He called for the soothsayers. He called for the people that would deal with this. And the king told the wise men, whoever reads this, tells me interpretation of this, what I'm going to do for you. Now, all the king's wise men, pain, they couldn't read it. They couldn't make it known to the king in the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was troubled. His countenance was changed. His lord was such. Now, in the course of that wild party, there were fingers of a man's hand that rubbed, meaning, meaning, tickling your parson. The king and his lord were terrified. None of the wise men could read the writing. But, huh, we see here that there was a forgotten prophet. But, brother and sister, I'm telling you something. That in these last days, they're going to be looking for us. They're going to be looking for us to help them, to pray for them, to, to bless them. Because there's so much torment out there. There's sadness out there. There's grieving out there. There's problems out there. There's need out there. And we, by the Holy Spirit, touch people and set them free. But this forgotten prophet, the queen, that was there. So she came to the Lord's in the banquet hall, and the queen spoke, saying, King, live forever. Don't let your thoughts trouble you or let your countenance change. But there is a man in the kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy God. Ah, you see that? They noticed it was the holy God. Ah, out of the days of your grandfather, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father made him the chief of the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldean soothsayers, insomuch as an excellent spirit knowledge, understanding, interpreting the dreams, solving riddles, explaining enigmas were found in Daniel, whom the king Belshazzar said, bring him up, bring Daniel to me. The Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king spoke and said to Daniel, are you that Daniel, who was one of the captives from Judah, whom my grandfather, the king, to Judah? Huh, think about it. He said, I've heard of you. Well, isn't that something? He didn't hear of him until he got in trouble. How many times? You know, I, I was in the hospital one time praying for a man, and he had a back problem, a severe back problem. And when I went in to pray for him, he started making God all these promises. I'm going to do this. I'm going to. And then Dad was with me. We came in the hospital together. He said, Brother Sondra, this is what I want to do for you. I want to drive your buses on Sunday to bring those lovely little children to Sunday school. So Dad was saying, hey, that's not a bad idea. So he prayed for him. The power of God touched the man. The man was out of the hospital a short time, but he never fulfilled his promise. Never. Never one time did that man drive with us to the church. I tell you, a lot of people get in a fix and they make God promises, but I'm here to say to you without equivocation that God will hold you to what you say. He'll hold you to what you say. I was talking with a young man one time. Well, he's not that old. Now he's a little older because he was staying in Vietnam. That, uh, you know, when the, the bullets were flying, when the bombs were coming, and when, when the BC, the Vietcong was coming by, he made God all kinds of promises. He said, I'm going to go to church every week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other. And he said, Brother Sumro, I made that promise in the foxhole. And I told him then. I said, just because you were in the foxhole to make the promise, God 
holds you responsible for the promise you made. And his eyes got real big. He said, you mean God puts me to... I said, you said it with your mouth. You said it with your mouth. And there's many people out there that make promises to God when they're in tragedy, when they're in turmoil, when they're in strife, they make God all these promises. But I want to tell you something right now. <laughs> God holds you accountable for what you say. And so, this is Belshazzar calling on Daniel. They said, I've heard. I've heard of you. The Spirit of God's in you. The light and the understanding. The excellent wisdom found in you. And then all the wise men brought in before me. Verse 16, I've heard of you. Can you give the interpretation explain the enigma? Now, if you can read the writing, make it known under the interpretation. He says, you're going to have your purple, you can have gold around your neck, you'll be the third ruler in the kingdom. Daniel answered said, let your gifts be for yourselves. Give your reward to another. I'll read the writing of the king, make it known unto him. So what basically I think this king was trying to do is make him a deal. Honey, God does not make a deal with you. Don't try to make God make a negotiation. Have a consecration. That's what he wants. He wants your heart consecrated. And then he goes on to say all these wonderful things. And so he talked about what could happen. He said, because of the majesty, he gave him all people, nations, language to tremble before him. He wished and executed. Therefore, he kept alive whom he wished. He set up whom he wished. Put down. When his heart was lifted up, his spirit was heartened by pride. He was deposed as king was thrown. Talking about Nebuchadnezzar and took glory from him. He was driven from the sons of man. His heart was made like the heart of beasts, dwelling with the wild donkeys. They fed him with wild, with, with grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew. The Most High God rules the kingdom of men and appoints it over whom is the other he will. But you, grandson, Belshazzar, you've not humbled your heart, although you knew all of this. You get that? He knew all of this because he was right there. He said, you lifted yourself against the Lord of heaven. You brought the vessels of this house before you, the house of God. Your Lord, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them. You have placed the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, stone, and they don't hear, they don't know, and the God that holds your breath in his hand owns all your ways and you have not glorified. Verse 30. That very night, the king of the Chaldeans was slain. And Darius, the Mede, received the kingdom. It was about 62 years old. So in knowing this and understanding this, I tell you, we've got some interesting things coming over down the line here, talking about that. So when this happened, cause that thing to take place. We're so amazed by what God has mercy upon mankind. That means we're to pray for our government. We're to pray for our leaders. We're to pray for the House and the Senate. We're to pray for those that are in authority. We're to pray for those people. We're to lift them up, that God will touch them, that God will heal them, that the supernatural acts of God will take place in their life. Oh, uh, in fact, uh, Sister Karen and I, we were in Washington, D.C., but one of the beautiful things about it, the Spirit of God is still operating in Washington, D.C., and uh, we had uh, wonderful times of service there. I mean, it was great. It was great calling people back to God. And when the altar call was given, they didn't just walk down. 
to the altar. They ran to the altar. They ran, ran to the altar. And where I've been preaching all over the world, I find when you make an altar call, I've never seen anyone in the other countries of the world just kind of, you know, just kind of move on down to the altar. They run to the altar. That's what we need in America. We need people running to the altar to get their lives changed, to get their hearts changed. Have the spirit of the living God move on them. And that desire. So, Belshazzar, we're trying to make a deal with God. But here's the question. How many today are trying to negotiate with Almighty God? I'm saying this. God will not be trifled with. He is God, the most high God. He is God Almighty. I remember a preacher years ago said, let God be God all by himself. (laughs) I believe that. I believe that. So what we're going to do now, we're going to prepare ourselves for Holy Communion because we have finished with this story. But this story is so impactful that we see what God's doing. And the next time that we come back, we're going to talk about faith that defeats lions. Talking about Daniel in that respect. We're going to get ourselves ready. So if you're ready with the communion, I want to just teach on that just a little bit. Talking about that, about the Holy Communion. How important it is. What God wants done in our hearts and lives today. By taking... Now, you might have different names for communion. You could call it the Eucharist. You can call it the Lord's Supper. You can call it all kind of things. But we call it the communion of the Lord. And uh, the very ones that Jesus received on him, an amazing thing, because the Bible tells us in Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So the five wounds of Jesus speak to us. First, there was a bruising that took place. A bruising that took place. That Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. It's remarkable. Unbelievable. Hardly, we can hardly have a conception of it. That 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah talked about exactly that word would come to him. That it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God's love. You get this. God's love is so strong that he gladly allowed his son to be bruised in order to save us. My, 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 my. Take that in your heart. Now, that word also, in Matthew 26, verse 67, that the Roman soldiers, they sat upon him, and they plucked his beard, and they buffeted him. They struck him savagely with their fists. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 52 and 14, prophetically speaking, that his visage was marked more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men, that he was so severely beaten that he could no longer be recognized as a man. All the bruising came. He was beaten. He was buffeted by his Roman captors. He was the bruising he suffered. He accepted that for us. Then he had the second one was a scourging that had to do with the laceration. It wasn't until the time the Romans came into power that laceration was even there. They had no knowledge of that whatsoever. And so 
as they were beating him, the Bible says that they plowed upon his back. It even says in Psalm 129, many times have they afflicted me from my youth. This is what I say by the time they afflicted me in youth. And it, this is what they said. The plowers plowed upon my back and made long the furrow. All the way, a thousand years B.C. Spoken about by David as they did that. David spoke of these men that did that. Before Rome even became a world power. Before the Roman scourge was a common means of torture. Scourging was executed by the Roman cat and eye tail, leather thongs. The cat of the thong would have a glass, a bone, a stone. The victim was beaten, the Bible says, 39 times. Furrows in his back. You know, these different punishments that Jesus received are efficacious. They're efficacious, and we shall see the very signs of them in heaven. The nail scars in his hand, the crown of thorns upon his head, the spear in his side, his face speak. All the things that happened to him, he did for us. Oh, the crown of thorns was planted in his head. They were mocking him. They mocked him. Putting thorns upon his head. Saying, Hail, King Jesus. The fourth wound is the wound had to do with the heavy spikes that went through his feet and his hands. Nailing him to the cross. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men into me. This is what he said. This is how. He told Nicodemus that it was necessary for him to understand, to be born again be born again by the spirit of the living God. And the last one, to make sure that he was dead, the Roman soldier took a spear and put it in his side. The Bible says water and blood came out of that incision when that happened. My, 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 my. All the things that Jesus did for us. It's hard to speak about that. Language even fails us. He was nailed to the cross for me. On the cross crucified for me to die. Take the bread that you have in front of you there. Hold it in your hand. And we will pray over the bread. Father, in Jesus' name. It's an amazing thing that Jesus, your son, is called the living bread. Coming from Bethlehem, where he was born, the house of bread. We thank you that we can receive this bread today. And it will heal our bodies. Whatever sicknesses inside of us has to go in Jesus' name. It must go. It does not have another plan. Because by your stripes we are hallelujah. Every pain and every sickness we command to leave your body in Jesus' name. Shall we eat together? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Bible says he took the cup. And when he took the cup, he said, this cup is the new testament with my blood. Meaning that it's by the blood, all the way from the beginning of the Bible, it tells us that it's by the shedding of blood that we're free. We're set free. And that precious blood that was given by the Son, he released himself he released himself to mankind. And just one drop of that blood can save you. Can set you free in your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. Hallelujah. Shall we drink together? Have the flow with the Shall we drink? And he said, drink ye all of it. That's exactly what we're doing. We're doing what Jesus said to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why just start giving him praise, giving him glory, giving him honor? Start thanking him. We praise you, Lord. We bless your name. We thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for healing the bodies. We thank you for sickness leaving the bodies. We don't care what kind of sickness it might be. It might be cancer. There might be other different things in their body that should or should not be there. The malaria or anything else. Any type of sickness. Even if Ebola, like they're mentioning today, that sometimes they say, well, we don't know what we can do with this disease. But Jesus paid it all. He gave his life. He gave his life for all mankind. Father God, we want to thank you right now that every sickness, every pain has to go in the mighty name of Jesus. Authorize your name. You have to bow to the name of Jesus. Right now, if you have authorization in your body, start moving your body around and watch the power of God touch you. Watch the anointing of God touch you. Watch the fire of God come upon you right now as we're praying, as we're believing, as we're receiving. In the name of Jesus, we command you to be healed. We thank you, Lord, that you're healing and touching and setting free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh, Lord, we thank you for it. (laughs) But right now, right now, right now, those of you that are depressed, put your hands right on your head. In the name of Jesus, I send it back where it came from. In the name of the Lord, I break that force and I break that power and I break the control. Those that have drug addictions and those that have other problems and needs in their life, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing to you right now. We speak deliverance to you right now. Oh, Father God, we thank you right now. Your power, your glory the life, the victory, everything that we're talking about today can't be available to all mankind. All they have to do is receive, 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 receive. Oh, in the name, 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 in the name. At that name, every knee shall bow. At that name, every tongue shall confess. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling the power of the Spirit of God. It's moving across the airwaves, wherever it's going to, whatever country it's going to right now. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your mind. Be healed in your spirit. Now, there might be some there that have difficulty and have a regard to money and things of that nature. In the area of finance, in the name of the Lord, we command our finances to change. We command them in the name of Jesus to be blessed, to be blessed, to be blessed, to be blessed, to be blessed in every direction. 
that all men will see how God, children, he wants you touched in such a glorious, positive, wonderful, glorious, mighty, holy way. Oh, hallelujah. I'm having a hard time standing because the spirit of the Lord is so strong. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. The very presence of God, the anointing of God is going across these airwaves. And wherever it touches, whatever country it touches. Uh, I was going before the Lord one time and several years back, and I was praying for the iron curtain, all those behind the iron curtain. I was praying all for those in the bamboo curtain. That means China and Russia. And the Lord finally spoke to me. He said, son, I don't know any curtains. I don't know any curtains. I don't know whether it's a bamboo curtain. I don't know whether it's a... Because God's spirit can penetrate any place you are in the world. God's anointing can set you free. Oh, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Which means you can be free today. You can be free tomorrow. You can be free anytime you choose to be free. Of course, by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. I remember a very tragic situation half years ago. I was, uh, Brother Sumrall's associate pastor for 17 years, Dr. Alexis Sumrall. And so uh, they brought a lady from an institution, and she was in a catonic state. That means she just stared ahead. And I was seated behind the desk, and I started praying in the spirit. I said, Lord, what can I do for this woman? How can I pray for her? There's no communication at all. She was in a, just stare, just stare, in one position, just staring. I said, oh, God, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And finally, the Spirit of God rose up beside me and said, ask where her children are. Now, I didn't know this woman from Adam. So I looked at her. I said, lady. Where are your children? And she broke down. She cried. She wailed. She mourned. She screamed. She said, I didn't mean to do it. I said, do what? She said, when I was mentally unbalanced, I took my two children and drowned them in my tub. That's why they put me in the institution. I asked her one question. I said, has God forgiven you or not? She said, yes. I said, then you need to forgive yourself. If God has forgiven you, then you need to forgive yourself. Pray this afternoon. As I led her into a prayer, her face started to change. The works of sin had fallen off of her. The power of God came to her. She began to be a new person, and her sister was sitting right beside her. said, where have you been? For you get, I'll just call her name Mary. I said, where have you been, Mary? And she responded to her sister and said, I have been in a black box for years. After that happened, the devil took my mind. And so as she came out of that institution into the location where the anointing of God was, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, ask her where her children and when she confessed what she did, I began to relate to her. I began to tell her. I said, God has forgiven. You need 
to forgive yourself. And when that happened, she was a new woman. A few weeks later, she was out of that instant gloriously changed by God's power. If God can do that for that kind of person, he can touch any person listening right now. That was kind of sincere. Because later, she had talked to her sister saying, even before she got into that state, that she was ready to commit herself to suicide. She was ready to kill herself because what she did. After the sister had prayed for before they came, then what was happening there, there was a battle, a cosmic battle. And as we were praying in the spirit, that's what I prayed for in the chair. God gave me the word to give to her. And when that word was given, then freedom came. And I speak freedom to you right now. I speak freedom to you. Those that have habits, those that have nicotine, those that have alcohol, those that have pornography problems, those that have any kind of sex thing going on, whatever might hold you back, the name of Jesus is greater than that. So we command you to be free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No, we're not talking like the sons of Sceva. They were talking third person. They said, we're going to cast you out by whom Paul preaches. No, we have a relationship to the Lord God. And he said, I've given you power to come against all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Hallelujah. We have seen this in operation in 35 nations of the world. We've seen God touch people, set people free, let the glory of God, let the power, let his majesty come down and fill you. Hallelujah. The filling that God has for you today. My, 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 my. Right now, right now, right now, pray out to me, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Take every sin from me. Cleanse me by your precious blood. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the world. I follow you, Lord Jesus, with all my heart. Oh, friend, if you say that, then you are born again. For with the confession of your mouth and the believing of your heart, you're born again. That tells you in Romans 10, Jeff. Right there, Romans 10, 9 and 10. How that your confession of your mouth, your believing in your heart, has brought you to the Lord God. Hallelujah. But that's freedom right there. That is freedom right there. That's called born again. That you're born anew by God's power and by His Spirit. Now live in it. And when the enemy tries to come knocking at your door, like the little boy said, when the devil comes knocking at my door, I send Jesus to the door. <laughs> little kids understand a lot, don't they? When the devil comes knocking at your door, send Jesus to the door. Hallelujah. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling wonderful. I trust you're feeling the mighty power and knowing that God and God's moving in all the places of the earth, letting his spirit and his glory fill the lives of the people wherever this is reaching right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful day. So glad to be with you. So glad to be with you. And to share the goodness of our God. If you want to communicate with us, you can. You can communicate by calling me at 813-215-0935. You can do that. 
Yeah. Were we still talking? Yeah. <clears throat> Brother okay. Frank? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought I lost you there. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, or you can write me at 12808 Adventure Drive, Riverview, Florida, 33579. The communication. We want to hear testimonies from you. The radio. Or the radio. Yeah, or you can talk by the radio number. You can call the host on the radio, and they will relay the information to us. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We've enjoyed being with you. We've enjoyed having you right with us there, just like you're right in our room. And we're just excited that God has opened up. I'm going to tell you something a little bit later on, possibly maybe maybe two weeks away, something like that. We'll tell you some more things that are happening. God is doing great things in the earth. Pray that you're blessed body, soul, and spirit. Brother Frank, Frank, before you leave, uh, we had a question come in, if you're you're able, if you have a moment. Okay, go ahead, shoot. Okay, somebody was wondering, um, you know how there's different words used, uh, different words can mean different things, like, for example, in the Bible where it says to fear the Lord, that's, you know, there's different words for fear. Well, um, when it says God's a jealous God, um, can you elaborate on that in, in what, what way uh, okay. exactly what that yeah, means? Generally, okay, what, what happens here when God says he's a jealous God means that he wants no other God before him. That's what he's talking about the specifics, that he wants you for himself. He doesn't want to share you with those dumb gods out there. That's why he has brought all the information by the word to us, and he wants you set free by his word. That's the high and the low of it, right there. Oh, okay. That's what I mean by it. Yeah. You understand that? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm okay. sure that they, they will, too, yes, as well. Okay. Wait, wait, and, speaking, and speaking of the word fear, what exactly, um, a listener was wondering what exactly the fear of the Lord means. When it means ah, the fear, does that mean to be afraid the of fear him? Of the, Lord, the fear of the Lord. Basically, what the fear of the Lord is this, that our hearts are moved around to understand and to worship and to praise and to magnify the Lord, and that we would not do anything that God doesn't want us to do. The fear of the Lord is holy. And you notice through the scripture, when they cried unto the Lord, and that's when God answered them, the fear of the Lord has to be placed by the Lord. He will place that in us causing a holy fear. This is not an unholy fear. There's other types of fear. There's a fear of sickness. There's a fear of pain. There's a fear of death. There's all kinds of fear. But this fear is is a respect, an awesome feeling, knowing that God Almighty is dealing with us. He's working with us. That is the fear of the Lord. And what does the scripture say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts at. Honoring God. What an awesome God we serve. Amen to that. We had just one more question if you have time. Um, Somebody (laughs) was wondering, they went to Catholic school and they had to go through um, a school to take communion and they were told that they couldn't take communion unless they went through that school. So 
um, they, they don't really quite understand how how you can just have communion without going through a school or a class for it. Well, according to the Word of God, Jesus is our Passover. First Corinthians chapter five and verse seven says the Passover in Exodus twelve gives all the information there how they receive that Jesus is our Passover, which is the Holy Communion. And so it's open to all believers to receive the bread and to receive the wine and to receive what God has for us. We can just open up our hearts and receive and receive and receive and receive because uh, the communion is not exclusive, it's inclusive. Not exclusive. You can't do this, you can't. But it does say we need to be very careful. Now, if you read in different portions of Scripture there talking about the communion, if you take it the wrong way and, and your heart's not right, that's why we need to pray and go before the Lord, and, and he will show us. The Holy Spirit of God will show us what problems we have inside and we'll confess them, you know, receiving the communion that God has for us. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And I suggest that everyone study about communion. There's not much said in some churches about the communion. They just have it at the end of the service, and bam, that's it. But there's something more to that. You can see that all the way from Exodus 12, talking about the Passover, read all about the Passover. They come to the New Testament and find the law of Scripture in Matthew 26, verse 26. It starts right there. And then you can also go back in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 7. So we can talk about these things, talk about them, relive them, understand them, and know them. And so we can have a relationship, a greater measure with our God. Are there any other resources besides the Bible that you would recommend for somebody to study the uh, communion? I believe that there are some out there, but I'm not, you know, I don't have a list in front of me or anything like that. So what there's Bible bookstores you can find, and you can read about the Holy Communion, you can read about the Communion. They'll call it, in fact, sometimes even they call it the Eucharist, or they even call it the Lord's Supper, or whatever terminology they use. I think I think Pastor Rodney, our pastor, has a really good one on Communion. I think it's a, a series on it that he did called The Table of the Lord. Oh, that's good. Well, tell him to get it then. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one to have. Everything Pastor Rodney has is just, you know, 100% or better. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. It's been a powerful night. Thank you for yeah. taking the extra time to answer questions that people had. I'm I'm grateful for that, and I'm sure they are too. Well, good, good. Well, you all be blessed in every direction. You too. Thanks again, Dr. Frank. It's been wonderful. Oh, uh, also, too, also too, uh, Sister Cameron doing a little research here, and uh, one that's mentioned is Perry Stone has something to say about communion. Also, Brother Sumrall had, had a very interesting one called the Cup of Life. Oh, okay. The Cup of Life, and uh, very positive and wonderful. In fact, I don't think I even have it in my library right now. But anyway, the, the Cup of Life is a very, very, very wonderful one that he wrote several years back. And so... Uh, there, there's a lot of material out there. Just kind of avail yourself of that material and go on. You study. That's why the Bible says study to show yourself approved. A workman who needs not to be ashamed, right? The Bible the word truth. So we study. We study. We study. We study. We study. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's an interesting word. 
having to do with the Lord Jesus Christ, that when he went into the synagogue, he found the place where it was written. Why did he find the place? Because he knew where it was. Mm-hmm. So Jesus read the word all the time. Jesus went to church all the time. Jesus prayed all the time. So if we follow the life of Jesus, that's where we should be, Christian, walking, talking, and living the way that God wants us to do. Amen. Amen to that. Wow, that's powerful, powerful. Glory. It's been, a, it's been an awesome night, and this is some good resources. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pardon me? Okay. God bless you. God bless you, too. Have a great night. I huh? thank you again. Oh, thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night, Karen. Right, God bless you. Good night. Love you. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bless you. Well, powerful, powerful night and some good information and teachings. And thank you for the questions that you sent in. And I'm I'm grateful for those. And feel free to send in more questions if you have them. Uh, I should, uh, or prayer requests or comments or testimonies. We'd love to have those. And uh, keep listening. Uh, if, um, this Bible study will be every Tuesday uh, eight, at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It's normally till 7 or till when when we get done from the Holy Ghost. So you're more than welcome to join us. We'd love to have you every Tuesday and also every Monday. We're continuing the, the teaching on on healing is called children. I mean, I always say that it's called healing is the children's bread. So we'll have that on on Monday at eight o'clock from eight Eastern Standard Time to ten p.m. So we'd love to have you there as well. Next week we're going to continue that. And just a couple of quick announcements. If you have any prayer requests or anything like that, if prayer requests, comments, questions, testimonies. Feel free to send them into Fire Talk Radio and then the number two at Outlook.com. That's Fire Talk Radio, the number two at Outlook.com. Also, if you have any prayer requests and you want to speak to somebody, you want to call 866-857-4837. That's 866-857-4837. Four eight three seven, and uh, operators, live operators, are standing by from seven to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or from eleven p.m. to one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now you can call uh, during those times that the live operators aren't there, and you, you can push a button for you know a, a number on the phone for different on the keypad for different different prayer requests and you'll get an on fire person on the other end praying for you trust me cuz i was i was on there and i i i i had to call and there was no live operators and i still felt the anointing of the lord just from the prayer that was recorded beforehand so if you have any prayer requests feel free to call there let them know you you heard us you you heard the about them on Fire Talk Radio. And uh, if you prayed the prayer of salvation, let them know that too. And also let us know too. So now this week, River Bible Institute is is the Bible college at the church. They have the River School of Government, the River School of Worship, 
and the, the Verbal Bible, River Bible Institute. And they will, uh, I, I'm not sure if you can, if you, I think you can still uh, apply because it's the first week. You can call the same number I just gave you, 866-857-4837. Just let them know you're interested. Uh, there are free scholarships available that you don't have to pay back. And um, if you if you if you do this and you end up missing the time that it's when it's time to uh, for school, they do have another uh, another semester starting in January, and that would be for the River Bible Institute. That you can you can apply for that, and there's another one in January, as I said. So um, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, actually. There is a, a a website. It's revival dot com. That's R E V I V E. I'm sorry. That's R E D A L. Revival dot com. Now, from August twenty fourth to the twenty ninth, that's going on this. Um, there is going there is a camp meeting in Silver Spring, Maryland. And that is going on and that has Pastor Pastor Eric Gagnon and the Great uh the Great Awakening team. They're gonna be doing they're gonna be doing a lot of um a lot of awesome stuff. I'm gonna play a little clip right now for you for that actually. Hello, Rodney Brown here. I want to invite all my friends that were part with us in Celebrate America, D.C. at the Doors of American Revolution Constitution Hall for the three weeks, 15 nights, over 31,000 decisions for Christ. I'm asking you to come join me in Silver Springs, Maryland for our Celebrate America camp meeting. It's going to be a time of praise and worship and signs and wonders and the power of God coming down and revival and the move of God and also the harvest of souls. So come and celebrate with us what God did, because let me tell you, it's only the beginning, and the best is yet to come. Looking forward to seeing you come and be a part with us. Celebrate America Camp Meeting, Silver Spring, Maryland. For more information, go to www.revival.com. That's www.revival.com. Now that's going to be at Emmanuel's Church, 16819 New Hampshire Avenue, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20905. And the website there is org. And Service times are Sunday through Friday at 7 p.m. And then power evangelism is in the mornings, Monday through Saturday at 10 a.m. So if if you've ever wanted to learn how to win souls, that would be the place. It's upper meetings at night and power evangelism in the morning. I know that the fire of God is following upper room meetings and I know it's powerful. Uh, so if you get a get a chance, if you're in the area or if you want to travel over to the area, then I know that they would love to have you, love to have you help out and also just be blessed by that. 
And so um, I'm going to play a little, um, a couple of clips here for you, a couple of little, dis- for, for the different schools so that are going on. On the east on coast the east of Florida is Kennedy Space Center launching shuttles into outer space. Right here yeah. in Tampa, Florida, the west coast of Florida is a launch pad launching revivalists into the 21st century around the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you feel the call of God on your life, now we've got two schools here, the one called the River Bible Institute, the other one the River School of Worship. And if you feel called to preach the gospel, the River Bible Institute is for you. If you're called in the music ministry and worship, the River School of Worship is for you. So don't put it off for another day or month. Sign up today. In 1997, Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown launched the River Bible Institute. The vision is plain, to train men and women in the spirit of revival for ministry in the 21st century. Since its opening day, the River Bible Institute has been a launching pad for ministries to be sent to the far-flung corners of the globe. Until now, to be a student, to sit under the anointing and teaching, you needed to travel to Tampa, Florida. But get ready. In 2011, RBI goes online and comes to you. We're getting ready to release an anointed program of study that you can take at your own pace and in the comfort of your own home. Now you sit under the same teaching and experience the same anointing as the students in Tampa. In our initial program, you study stewardship, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit and the anointing. If relocating to Tampa hasn't been possible for you, if leaving your place of work has been a barrier, then RBI Online is for you. RBI Online, launching early 2011. Register your interest today. Now, the website 
there are actually websites for these schools that you can check it out on. That one was River School of Government.com. That'd be River School of Government.com. And River School of Worship.com. River Bible Institute.com. So all of those, you can check them out and and see what you think about them. And and if you feel the Lord's called you, like I said, if if you don't if you don't get to do it this this semester, you can you can start in January at least for one of them. And scholarships are available. And uh, just believe God, and, and He'll make a way. And know that you're loved, and you're valuable, and you're priceless. And when God made you, He had a dream had a dream for your life and and he called you and and for for different for different people that are assigned to your lives that he called for you to touch and if nobody's ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life I tell you today he loves you with all his heart and if you don't know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you go to heaven if you died this very second the Holy Bible reads, we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure that you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and repeat after me to say, dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again from the dead and are coming back again for me fill me with the Holy Spirit give me a passion for the lost a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ I am saved I am born again I am forgiven And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. I want to tell you right now as a servant of of God, as a minister of Jesus Christ, I tell you today all of your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much and he has a great plan for your life. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much, has a great plan for your life. He loves you, loves you, he loves you. And if you've not been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you know, um, Jesus is a baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And just if you want the Holy Ghost and fire, just repeat this after me. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm asking you 
to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Now just and just start speaking and, and not in English or Spanish or whatever language that you know. Just keep speaking it. That's it. Keep speaking. Speak it by faith. Don't worry what your head says. Just keep going. Stronger, stronger. That's it. Now keep speaking. Now if you didn't get it this time, don't worry. There have been testimonies about people just going about their daily routine in the house, maybe cleaning some things and doing the dishes, and all of a sudden they get their prayer language and just start talking in tongues, speaking in their heavenly language. So just by faith, receive it, and it's yours. It's a gift, free gift. Just receive it. It's yours. I believe it's yours. Now, as Brother Frank was uh, uh, sharing, and he was speaking about forgiveness and how we need to forgive, uh, I feel like some people out there need to pray a prayer of forgiveness and release for people that have hurt them or that they've hurt uh, or they need to pray. Just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I forgive everybody who ever hurt, neglected, or abused me. It was not my fault. I forgive myself for anybody that I hurt, neglected, or abused, including myself. Jesus, I release them. I forgive them. Fill me with your peace, your joy, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Peace. Peace, the peace of God upon you right now. Peace, the peace of God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. You give us peace beyond our understanding. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Father, we give you praise. I want to thank everybody that's joined tonight and and, joined. Join us again next Monday and Tuesday, Monday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We look forward to having you. And remember, you are loved, you are valuable, and you are accepted in the Beloved. Until we meet again, rest in his peace.